And just a review from last time, um, we've looked at some different principles of ethnicity, straight out of Scripture, what, what God's Word says about uh, ethnicity. And uh, one of those principles is the principle of creation, which is this, that every person you encounter is created in the image of God. A second one is the principle of kinship, that every person you encounter is your physical sibling, your brother or sister, through your common ancestry, because we all come from Adam and Eve. Then third is the principle of salvation. God's plan of salvation includes people of every ethnic group. So God doesn't leave someone out because they're a different ethnic group or the, the quote-unquote wrong ethnic group or anything like that. Um, God doesn't look at it that way, and so he wants everyone to be saved. Uh, then the fourth principle is the principle of unity, which is this, that the, the power of the gospel that you proclaim, that we proclaim, is greater than the human tendency for us to separate ourselves on the basis of ethnicity. And it's just a, it's a human tendency. Maybe it's a, it, can, it can turn into a sinful tendency, but it's a, at the very least a human tendency to uh, gravitate toward people that are like you. And we talked about that, you know, with, if you have the same career, well, you got something in common to talk about. If you, if you have the, if you come from the same side of town, you've got something to talk about. You know, you find out someone grew up in your hometown, well, you've got something to talk about. And so there might be a, an attraction or a kinship there. Um, and and that, can even, that can even go towards skin color, although we, you know, quickly admit that you know, little children just don't see that at all. They don't care. Um, they, they notice someone might be darker or lighter or different or whatever, uh, might have a different type of skin, but um, it makes no difference to them, and, and we could probably... Uh, learn a lesson in that regard. The fifth principle is the principle of ministry. The principle of ministry. And what I mean by that is this, that we are commissioned and empowered to engage in multi-ethnic ministry. Now, this is the one that you might start to feel some resistance toward because our practice, if we, if we have a tendency to be around people that are like us, even ethnically, skin color-wise, or, or however you want to define ethnicity, um, if we have that tendency to be around other people, then we're going to naturally have that tendency to be engaged in ministry around the people that are like us. However, Jesus commissioned us to engage in multi-ethnic ministry, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to engage in multi-ethnic ministry. And so I want to show you that from Scripture. Um, so first of all, Jesus and the apostles taught that we should minister to people of different ethnicities. You might say, well, where did they teach that? Okay. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 19. We all know what the Great Commission says. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. 
I'm going to read those last three words in Greek. Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations is translated or is the translation of this phrase. Ta ethne. All the ethnics. It literally means all the peoples. Peoples with an S. All the people groups. So you got a people group over here and they're sort of this way. They may speak a certain language and they may have certain customs and have a certain culture and have a certain history and they may have a certain skin color. Skin color. And so you have, a, you have a, an ethne, an ethnic group, a people group that has very similar characteristics that may sort of, you know, congregate together and, and be one of, the, one of the words that the Bible uses, be a tribe or be a nation, or something like that. And so Jesus said that we should make disciples of all the ethnicities, all the people groups, all the nations. Uh, the word all is pretty big. It doesn't mean anything other than all. That's what all means, every, every one of them, okay? Okay. So that's one verse that supports the idea that Jesus and the apostles taught that we should minister to people of different ethnicities. Here's another one. Paul the Apostle. He wrote in, in Romans chapter 3, verses 28 and 29, these words. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And then he asked this question. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also. Those were Paul's words. Paul is saying that we teach that justification is by faith. And we all agree with that if we understand what that means. Justification is by faith apart from works of the law. And then Paul says, or did God just... Is he just in the business of justifying only those who have the law, Jews? Isn't God also in the business of justifying those without the law, Gentiles? Of course he is. God is God of both. And so it doesn't matter which ethnic group in broad strokes you, you might be a part of or someone else might be a part of. God wants to justify. He wants to save people that are Jews, and people that are Gentiles, non-Jews, and that, again, covers everybody. Paul also wrote in Galatians 3, 28 and 29, he's very explicit here, he said, there is neither Jew nor Greek. He said, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So if you have faith in Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus, you are all, whether you're Jew or Greek or whatever you might be, you're all part of one family, one grouping, uh, one children of God. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And then he continued, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. And so, to my knowledge, I'm not physically Jewish. 
but Abraham's my father through faith. Okay, and so I'm an heir of Abraham and all the blessings that come by being an heir of Abraham, a descendant of Abraham. Uh, I'm an heir of Abraham, not by blood, I don't think, but by faith. And so, uh, according to God's promise. So, we've covered Jesus. Jesus said in the Great Commission, ta ethne, all the people groups. We covered Paul. He made it very clear. Peter. What did Peter say? Peter's a big one, right? He's pretty much up there near the top, you know, as far as all the apostles go. What did Peter say? Peter said in Acts chapter 15, now remember Acts 15 is the Jerusalem council. And the Jerusalem council met because they had a problem. The problem was these pesky Gentiles are getting the Holy Spirit. What are we going to do with them? What should we do? This isn't, this isn't right. And they couldn't figure it out. They, they had, they, so they had some, some theological conflicts or some conflicts with their own uh, experience in the past. So what do we do here? So they met together. They talked about it. They prayed about it. They searched the Scriptures. Here's what Peter said in that chapter. He said, and God, who knows the heart, testified to them, meaning the Gentiles, testified to the Gentiles, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. And then Peter added this, and he, God, he made no distinction between us and them, between us Jews and them Gentiles cleansing their hearts by faith. And he added, and that's in Acts 15, verses 8 and 9. Then he added in verse 11 this, but we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, just in the same way as they also are. So, according to Jesus, according to Paul, according to Peter, um, ethnicity uh, is not something that separates us, but it's all of them are at this point saying we must minister to people that, are, that may be of a different ethnic group than us. And so Jesus told these Jews at the Great Commission, go to all the world, which obviously means people that are not Jews. Paul said, in your ministry, you are all one in Christ Jesus, Jew and Gentile. Peter said to the church gathered, hey, look, God saved them. They've got the Holy Spirit. They're saved by placing their faith in Jesus, just as we are. There's no distinction. This is, this is the way of God. And so we have to minister to these Gentiles, too. What about James? Let's, let's continue on with another apostle. James. James chapter 2, verse 1. James said... My brothers, hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ without showing favoritism. Now, the example that James talks about in, in chapter 2 after that has to do with money. You know, don't, don't show favoritism to rich people. But the principle applies across ethnic lines, too. Don't show favoritism. That's, that's, the, that's the rule. That's the principle. So, Jesus and all of the apostles taught that we are to minister across ethnic lines. We're to minister to people of different ethnicities. Uh, also, 
Jesus and the apostles exemplified multi-ethnic ministry. They didn't just tell us to do it, but they practiced what they preached. All of them, Jesus and all of the apostles. I'll show you, I'll prove it to you. You remember in Mark chapter 7, we won't read all of these in detail, but Mark chapter 7, the Syrophoenician woman. Mark goes out of his way to tell us this is a Syrophoenician, meaning she's not a Jew like us. So Jesus ministered to a Syrophoenician woman. Luke chapter 7, the Roman centurion slave. Remember that story? The Roman centurion is probably not Jewish. He's a citizen of Rome. He has a Greek background. His slave needed ministry from Jesus. In John chapter 3, a very famous passage, we know that passage when Jesus, uh, what was it that Jesus, uh, that led Jesus to tell us John 3.16? Who was it that came to Jesus? And Jesus said, you must be born again. And the man said, well, how can I be born again? Who was that? That was Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a Jewish rabbi. So here's Jesus ministering to Syrophoenician women, ministering to a Roman centurion slave, ministering to a Jewish rabbi. Very next chapter, John chapter 4, a Samaritan woman. Oh, a half-Jew. Or someone with some, Jew, some Jewish ancestry, but some Gentile ancestry. One of those, quote, mixed ethnicities. What do we do with them? Well, Jesus tells us what we do with them. The same we do with everybody else. Here's the Samaritan woman. And, you know, you know the story. Jesus is at the well. He's tired. It's been a long day. He sends the disciples in to get food. The Samaritan woman shows up. They have this conversation, and Jesus talks about spiritual, wa spiritual water. And the disciples come back, and, and they're just amazed. Why is he talking to this Samaritan woman? You know, and who gave him food? He's all energized. And Jesus said, I've got food you don't know about. And so uh, he changed that Samaritan woman's life, saved her soul that day. So Jesus made it real clear. Jew, partial Jew, not a Jew at all, doesn't matter. Jesus wants to minister to you. So let's fast forward to the apostles. Philip. Acts chapter 8. He's in the chariot. He's riding with the Ethiopian eunuch. The eunuch has some questions. He leads the Ethiopian eunuch to faith in Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch gets saved. The Ethiopian eunuch probably with some type of God-fearer wanted to worship the God of the, of the Jews, I would, I would assume, uh, because he had those questions. But he was Ethiopian, very likely uh, a black man. Um, and so Philip exemplified multi-ethnic ministry. And then Acts chapter 10, two chapters later, Peter meets Cornelius. Very famously, Cornelius and his household become the first uh, true Gentiles 
that Peter is able to lead to Christ. Um, and then Paul and Silas. We don't want to leave Paul out. Did they exemplify, did Paul exemplify multi-ethnic ministry? Well, of course he did. And Paul and Silas on their very first ministry, very first missionary journey, they minister to a woman called Lydia of Thyatira and the Philippian jailer. And so all of these people are ministered to because Jesus and the apostles exemplified ministering across ethnic lines. There's no escaping the fact that we're called to minister to people of any ethnicity. In other words, if we come away thinking, or if we have this thought in our mind, that we have no responsibility to love or to share the gospel with or to minister the love of Christ to someone of a different ethnicity because ah, I'm not like them, I can't relate to them, that's not my responsibility, we've missed the boat because we don't see that anywhere in the New Testament. What we see in the New Testament is a clear and consistent, unbroken example of ministry across uh, ethnic lines. And the few times that we don't see that is when, like, Peter had a problem at one point. He was sort of slipping back into his old habits. And Paul had to, Paul had to spank him a little bit, you know. And Paul had to rebuke him. Um, and so when the only times that we do see people, Christians, Christian leaders, putting a bar an ethnic barrier up, the, that person is rebuked for doing it. So the, the pattern is explicitly consistent. If we just step back, all these stories are incredible stories that I've referenced, you know, and you can go really deep into all of them, but there's a time every once in a while when we need, we need to step back, see the broad picture, and we see, wow, the New Testament is pretty colorful when it comes to skin. It is pretty colorful. So, next principle. We have the principle of ministry, then now the principle of leadership. The principle of leadership. So, we're just going to step deeper and deeper into trouble. So, we started off with the idea that God created everybody. And so... We can all agree there, but now we're, now we're getting to where we're stepping on toes. Now we're getting to where we're, uh, uh, we're really, really getting edgy. And so, uh, but the principle of leadership is this. The leaders of your church should consist of people of different ethnicities. Uh-oh, uh-oh. The leaders of our church should consist of people of different ethnicities. Now, I'm going to be the first to say that there are obvious exceptions to this principle. One of the exceptions would be if we lived in a community that was 100% one ethnicity, it's going to be pretty hard to find people of different ethnicities 
to be leaders of that church. And so what we'll get to is a principle that I coined uh, for my doctoral thesis, a doctoral project, called uh, Ethnic Congruency, which essentially states that under the best of circumstances, a church should match its community ethnically. Generally speaking, and there's a lot of factors that can that can mitigate that, that can that can that go into that dynamic, that can change that, that that are beyond the church's control, that are beyond the community's control. There's a lot of things like that. But um, generally speaking, we ought to be reflective of the ethnicity of our community. So this goes all the way up to the the leaders of the church. And so the principle of leadership, I'll state it once again, is the leaders of your church should consist of people of different ethnicities. Now, the reason I state that, that's the goal. That's the standard. And the reason that's the goal and the standard, here's the reason I state that, is because that's what happened in the New Testament. And if we all have this idea after watching the old Jesus of Nazareth movie that Peter, played by Ernest Borgnine, it was every one of them were just white Europeans. You know, we're, we're, not, we're not doing ourselves a lot of favors here. Uh, we're not being true. Okay, the first century church leaders were, and I'm going to give you a whole bunch of categories. They were Jewish. For example, the apostles, that's an easy one. They were also Greek-speaking Jews. The seven in Acts chapter 6. Remember Acts chapter 6? We need some people to serve the Greek-speaking, the Hellenistic widows, because they're being left out of the daily servings of food. And so uh, the apostles needed some help there. And so seven men were found of good repute and full of the Holy Spirit. uh, But they also, those seven men, matched the Hellenistic widows. They were the right ones to minister to them because they had that commonality. And so that could build a bridge there. And so, uh, but they became sort of a, maybe the office of deacon was not formally worked out there as much as it would be in later years in the first century. But they became sort of a pre, pre-existing deacon type of ministry. But they were Greek-speaking Jews, those seven men. The leaders of the first century church, first century church leaders, were also Gentiles. Acts chapter 14, verse 23, talks about how Paul appointed elders in the churches that he went to go visit, that he started in Acts 14. Those elders were people from that community that lived there. Those were Gentiles. And so they became leaders of the church. So now by the time of Acts 14, you've got Jewish leaders like the apostles and and Paul and the others. You have Greek-speaking Jews, Hellenistic Jews like the seven. Uh, You have Gentiles in Acts chapter 14, verse 23. First century church leaders also were people of different ethnicities and ancestries. If you read Acts chapter 13, verse 1, there's a list in that verse of five prophets and teachers. And even in your English translation, 
you can probably read that verse and pretty quickly determine that some of them were of different color. Um, and they were. These were people of different ethnicities. So let's, let's look at that real quick. In Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now there were, and this is Luke writing, now there were at Antioch and the church that were there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger. Well, that means he was called the black. Simeon was uh, maybe Nigerian, of Nigerian type of ancestry. We, we would say Nigerian today. Um, Lucius of Cyrene. So here's Lucius. He's, he's from another place, Cyrene. And Manaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. And so you have people of different ethnicities right there that are listed as prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch. First century church leaders were also people of mixed ethnicities. Timothy, Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Timothy had a mixed background. And he was obviously very instrumental in working with Paul and leading churches in Ephesus and elsewhere. First century church leaders were also multicultural. You have Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verse 24. And what we learn about Apollos is, Apollos is a Jew from Alexandria. Now, that is interesting. Alexandria is not exactly Jerusalem. Here's this guy, and Paul himself. Paul of Tarsus, he was... He had, he had Roman citizenship, but he was also a Jew. You know, that's unusual. And so what you have in the New Testament, when you look at the different leaders of the New Testament, you see that they were all over the map, ethnically, culturally, language-wise, every way you can imagine. Rich and poor, doesn't matter. Every way you can imagine. Educated and uneducated, you had incredibly educated people like Apollos and Paul, these, these guys who had doctorates, you know, the, our equivalent would be a doctorate. And you had, you had less educated people as well. Uh, in every single instance, uh, you have very unique people all throughout the New Testament. God is doing all of this in the early, early, earliest days of his church. If the church was simply a man-made thing, it would most likely be very limited to one type of ethnicity, one type of language, uh, one type of people group. But it's almost as if God was intentionally bringing in people of every single ethnic background, every ancestry, every different type of category that you could think of. And I think that's exactly what God was doing. So God, again, has set a standard in his word that we uh, should see as our goal. Now, and we'll, we'll sort of get to later 
how does this work out in the church? You know, if, if the church is supposed to have people of different ethnicities, how, how does that work out? And how, how do we move toward that goal? Um, you know, we're not going to just fire someone because they're the same color as the pastor or something like that, you know, it's, and bring in someone who's a different color. That's, that's inappropriate, obviously. But, uh, but how, how do we, if we know that Scripture has given us this standard, um, how do we strive toward it in a meaningful and authentic way? And so uh, that's, that's one of the challenges that we'll, we'll have to face. And, and I think that, uh, and you know, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but when we get to the actual application of having the possibility of a multi-ethnic church, there's incredible power there. That sends a, that sends a tremendous message especially in our culture today, as divisive and uh, angry and everything that people are and, and defensive about race. And if, if they can see real live people, Christians loving one another and accepting one another for who they are and not just looking at someone and say, oh, you're a black person or, oh, you're a white person or, oh, you're this person or that person. But we just see each other as people that are created in the image of God, then uh, there's incredible power. The, the world stands up and notices that. So that'll conclude our, our study today. We have two more principles to go that we'll get to next time. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that.